We'll be holding in, in Shmuel, the beginning of Perik Yud And we just saw that Shal's victory uh, in the war against Amoy, and as a result of that, Yisrael are now united in, the, in the, the fact that he's the king, they're happy with that, and therefore they want to celebrate again, so to speak, recrown Shal as the king. So everyone goes to Gilgal, and that we saw previous in the previous year, there they uh, re-accept Charles the King and they celebrate. They make a, they make bring carbonus and they make a celebration, so to speak, as, as the way to inaugurate the new mountain. Is this many years later? No, it's right after the story of Amoin. It's much later, very soon after. Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the time of Shmuel's life, so we know that there couldn't be too How many years are we talking about Sachar called Charles the King for two years. Because all this happened in two So this all happened in two years. Right. Now, and what's very surprising, and we're going to see in the next paragraph, is that Shmuel uses the opportunity uh, that now Kai Yisrael are happy with the king, so Shmuel uses the opportunity to give them Musa. And we obviously have to understand why Shmuel's doing it. The Chayre Shmuel already told them he's unhappy that they wanted a king, and Shmuel already heard from Hashem that he's meant to appoint him a king, and he did. And now that they've accepted the king, so Shmuel's job, the Chayre, has been completed. He's, he's appointed the replacement. Klai Yisrael are now happy to accept the replacement of, of King Shaul. And now the question is, why does Shmuel feel this was the time to give Klai Yisrael Muslim? Which he does. Now we're going to see. Pasuk Aleph, I am Shmuel of Klai Yisrael. So Shmuel addresses Klai Yisrael, and he says, Yenei Shemaiti Bukalchem. Bechol Shemaiti. I listened to you everything you wanted. In other words, not just the idea that they wanted a king, but they wanted a king who would lead them into battle. And you think you got that as well? And I appointed for you a king. Obviously, Shmuel speaking as a Navi, so it wasn't his choice who the king is going to be, but this was an instruction from Hashem. Now the king is he's, he's going to lead you. Now, Shaul had now shown himself as a capable king, as somebody who could lead by Shaul. now, Shmuel says, I'm convinced that the king will be the one to, to journey ahead of you, to, to lead you. I've got the old, which means that uh, he's no longer able to take the role, which is strange because Shmuel wasn't so old. As you know, Shmuel lived only to the age of 52, and this was, like you said, two years before that, so the Shmuel at the time was 50. So it's not exactly an old age. So that the Gemara is in Tainis, that Kafsar of the Kaddish made Shmuel look much older than he really was. And the reason for that would be that uh, it shouldn't look like a Shmuel died as a young man it would, be, you know, it's, uh, would be seen as you know, a punishment if someone died young and therefore uh, Hashem made Shmuel look old but, you know, people would think he's much older than he really is why did Shmuel Taka die at 52? so this is what Gemara already says even though sometimes uh, to be near at a young age is a punishment but sometimes the Kodesh Baruch Hu has determine how long a person needs to live to do the job that they need to do in this world. And if that's the case, if it's, they've completed their tafkir, as we say, they've done the job at a younger age, so there's no reason for them not to get rewarded already. There's no reason for them to stay here. Was that considered a young age at that time? And 52 time? is considered a young age. The, the standard lifetime is considered to be 70. So 52 is a significant amount less than that. And if that was the case, it would look like Kilo had died young. Also himself, so he's a county, he's happy, he's quite old. There's another meaning as well. It's not just a shayla of appearance or of age, but rather a person's ability. 
When a person says he's gotten old, it means he's no longer able to do what he was able to do when he was younger. And Shmuel kept a very active schedule before that, as we know. Shmuel journeyed from place to place. He was always traveling. Uh, he never stayed in the same place. And he was traveling to in their own towns. It was a very demanding schedule. And then Shmuel says, I've gotten too old to do that anymore. So should Shmuel change his conduct and now, so as we set up his course in one place and wait for him to come to him, Shmuel didn't want to do that. He held it was the wrong thing to do, and if that's the case, the way that his mode of leadership he felt he could no longer do, and so he made it, he's relinquishing, so to speak, the reins to show. And I've had that question before. Okay, so one could ask if that's the case, the moment the Chayra, Shmuel was the Rav, Shaul was the Talmud. We have a general rule that Divrei Rav is Divrei Talmud. Divrei Mishavim, you have from the lesson from the, from the teacher, why would, one, why would one want to learn from the student? If that's the case, if Shmuel stood at that, and Shmuel is still the Navi, and Shmuel still has the experience of 50 years of being a God of Israel, then why would people necessarily accept Shaul's judgment or Shaul's opinion if Shmuel still there? Why, why, why would anybody do that? Uh, even if Shmuel isn't able to come to them, if somebody has a shine or somebody needs direction, the logic would be there to Shmuel. And if that's the case, for Atzim, this is an interesting point, if that's the case for Atzim, if Shmuel would continue in his, the role he had before, He'd be actively undermining Shaul's kingship. This is an interesting point. And that is that if uh, the, the ability to transfer the reins to someone else is that you're not going to interfere with the, the, the opportunity to rule. If you're going to still be, even in the background, that somebody who's still willing to take uh, a role of being the leader or being the one to decide, whatever it's going to be, then if that's the case, you're undermining the person you set up in your place. Because why would people go to them if they can go straight to straight to a door higher, straight to somebody who's greater. Now that doesn't mean Shmuel wasn't involved. We'll see a number of times in the Navi, Shmuel still was involved, but in the role of advising Shaul. In the role of advising Shaul. And therefore Shmuel wanted to, so to speak, keep on the one hand Shaul with the power, and at the same time guide him or direct him, so then Shmuel wasn't going to be accessible to the public to come to, but rather he'd be the advisor for Shaul, he'd be like the, 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 the master of the king, in order to give him direction. And that's the case. So then you understand why Shmuel is publicly stepping down, because that way he's giving Shaul the chance to, to Shaul the chance to lead. But what is he says next? He says, My sons are still with you. So what do you want the sons to do? Now he's appointed Shaul as the king. And that's the case of Shaul has the, the right to make decisions. Shaul will be the one to be in charge. So what, what, do you, what, is, what, is, what are Shmuel's sons meant to do? And if you think about it more, this is really a question because Kaisal's problems with was the Shaul's sons, with Shmuel's sons. As you saw originally, the reason that they wanted to ask for a king, if you go back to Perikas, was Perikas, and so when they came to ask him for a king, was that they weren't happy that his sons had uh, taken over from him, and they didn't like, uh, even though Morris says all his sons were doing wrong, was that they didn't follow their father's son Hoga, they set up a court in one place, but nevertheless, Kaisal weren't happy with that. So why is Shmuel, who's now appointed Shaul as a king, Promoting his sons. So the is that uh, the Radak is over here, and that is when he said Shaul is going to be the leader, he's going to be the king, he's going to make the decisions, he's going to run Kaya Shaul. But Lemaisa, as we know, uh, when it came to Torah, so we saw that Shaul wasn't a Talmud of, Sh- of Shmuel to learn from him. He didn't know Shmuel even. He was, he, maybe Shmuel anointed him and appointed him to the position, 
But you wasn't somebody who had a misery of Shmuel. So that Shmuel says, I have, you have my sons. Whereas if you want somebody who will teach you the Torah of Shmuel, somebody who has a misery of what Shmuel said about things, my sons are here, they, they're still there to teach, even if they're not in the position to take, to take charge. And if that's the case, you see Shmuel is really stepping back from both of his roles. Both of the roles being the leader and the one to decide for Klai Yisrael, he's appointed a child. And even in the position of teaching Klai Yisrael, as you know, Shmuel is a link in the Messiah of the Torah. So then he said his son, so I can do that instead of him. And now then Shmuel says, and I served you, so to speak, I walked in front of you, that means to serve you. In other words, taking care of the Tzibur from when I was young until today. As you know, even in Shmuel's youth, in the Mishkan, he was already the one who was uh, there to help people came to the Mishkan, as opposed to the sons of Eidi. And he says, therefore, that's, he's been in the public, so to speak, service. Uh, since he was a small boy of two, and he eventually, originally came to the Mishkan, until today. And now he tells Pashal, he knows no Anubi. And therefore, I'm asking everybody to testify against me. Neged Hashem, in front of Hashem, and Neged Mishich, in front of the king. If there's anybody I ever took advantage of in my public service, as Shor Milakhtir ever take somebody's uh, somebody's ox, the Chamor Milakhtir I took somebody's donkey, or as Mira Shakti I ever take advantage of somebody, as Mira Tzaisi to ever try to appease somebody to do something for me, in other words to try and speak them into doing me a favor, or Miyad Milakhtir Koyfer I ever take bribes from anyone, or in Vaalim Einaboy, and that's why I would. So to speak, turned a blind eye to what he was doing wrong, because he uh, accepted bribes to pervert justice. If anyone has any claim against me, so let me tell me what it is, let me answer you. Why does Shmuel do this? himself that he had nothing, he had never taken anything from anybody, and the Gemara gives that as an example. The Gemara says that a leader, if he wants to, can accept favors, we see Elisha did. That when a Shunam is offered to make him a room, uh, so to speak, where he would stay whenever he came to Shunam, he accepted it. And the Gemara says, if someone doesn't want to take from anybody, like Shmuel, that's also a Mahalach and not to take from anybody, which Shmuel held to an extreme. Never take a favor, never to accept anything. The Chazal even say that the idea of uh, that I take someone's donkey, it wasn't that I appropriated it. It means this, that I ever borrow it to ride to the next place. Shmuel used to travel from place to place, but it never happened that his, he didn't have transport and he needed to borrow a donkey. He said, even that never happened. He wouldn't take anything from anybody. And he asked, why was Shmuel so macaroni and hogget? He said, it's a long time ago, the beginning of the Sefer. This was the ticket of B'nai Eili. Because what Kaishal would learn from B'nai Eili was people were in public office and misused it to take advantage of it. To grab the piece of meat they wanted to take, to take advantage of people, and therefore Shmuel went to the opposite extreme. If he's going to be in public office, it's going to be an understanding that he'll never ever take anything from anybody. And, you know, it's in a way to rectify the Chilal Hashem, which was called Slav Eli, who were the ones in public office, they were the Koenim, and they, like it says, that they made the base of English of the Mishkan, a place you no one wanted to come to, so Shmuel's going to be the opposite. And therefore he's going to, his career of public service is going to be one that nobody will ever, ever claim that Shmuel got any benefit whatsoever from, from the job. Is that part of the Tzachin? Now we spoke about this in the Maral and Shabbos, that uh, the Maral explains that that's the same, that's uh, what the Gemara says of somebody who makes a Kiddush Hashem. Plain Shalom HaTzairah, and the Maral explains what it says that What's the point? And that is, someone has learned Tzairah and therefore 
maybe he is on a higher level. And maybe there is a din to mechabitim of the Talmud Chacham. And maybe he's even in a position of authority. But the question is, does he take advantage of that? And therefore, because he's in authority or because he has power, so he's going to make orders of other people or he's going to take advantage of them. So then that's going to be Hashem. It's the misuse of power. Whereas if a person is Lama Torah, and nevertheless, he doesn't make orders, he doesn't make demands. The Dibur Benachas means he asks for things in a way which you ask like a friend gently. And he doesn't take advantage from the fact that he has the position, wherever it might be. And if that's the case, it makes the Kedash Hashem. Because that means the person is not exploiting his, his, his authority, his influence, to, to his own benefit. And that's the Kedash Hashem which Shal, the Shmuel wants to make here also. And he says, I want everyone to testify in the 50 years of his service of Kaddishwar, did anyone ever feel that they had to do something for him, that they, he ever, that they did ever do anything for him, that uh, he ever took advantage of anybody? And Kaddishwar's answer is, never. But Yomer, you never took advantage of us, you never tried to uh, get us to do these things for you. No one ever gave anything to Shmuel. Could you explain again? He took a... Even by Elisha, the Nukuda there was a bit different. That's true, he didn't have Shmuel's Hagar, but there also, he didn't ask for favors. It's the other way around. She came to him, and she offered him the thing, and the Gemara gives us as the example of what we call Adam Chashem. In other words, the Gemara says in Kedushin that sometimes a lady can give a gift to a man, and the man will look at the yeah. Even though normally the din is that the man is to give to the lady, but over here, if it's somebody that is considered an honor that they accepted it from you, mm-hmm. so he can really say that Ba'atim, I'm giving you the covet, so to speak, I'm giving me something, and that's the case for her. She doesn't feel that I was forced to give something, or that uh, someone was someone expected of me on the contrary. She feels this was an honor he agreed to accept. So much so that that's more of an honor than what she gave. And therefore the difference is enough to Makadish. And the Gemara gives an example of Elisha. When the Isha Shanamis said, can we make you a place to stay in our house? That was the biggest covet for her. Elisha stayed in the house. So it's not that Elisha was taking advantage of anybody either. But even with that, Shmuel, in the field, like we said, the time, or the field he felt that Avodah was, even then he wouldn't take. He wouldn't accept anything from anybody. And that's why he wants to, he wants to, like we said, finishing his term, so to speak, of the public service, like Shmuel said, said before, he wants to step down from the role. So he wants to show that he, he kept that completely, completely unblemished record throughout the service. He never took anything from anybody. Is it now, leadership? Because Elisha was not a leader, just a Navi at the time. It doesn't make a difference. Even a Navi. But the man if it's a person who has authority and takes advantage of it, that's, uh, that's also looked at as the Echel Hashem. Shmuel was 12 years then? How old Shmuel? Shmuel was the shepherd on his own. And as after Eli died, he fell maybe 13 years. But Shmuel was working for the Rabbi even before that. Like he says, from when I was young. Now, Vayayim Alayhim. I want you to give every testimony in front of Hashem, in front of the king. It's not just that you're going to say it to me, I want you to say it as a witness, you know, as you know, 100% telling the truth. And the reason Hashem did this is for two reasons. The first reason Hashem did this is because it's a lesson to the king. Just think, if somebody is replacing you in office, and the person who's leaving office says, I want to tell you that my, my, my term of service had an untarnished reputation. I never did anything, in any way could ever have the slightest, uh, so to speak, as question on my integrity or my interests. So then that's for sure a certain mechaev 
a certain kind of, of responsibility you're putting on the person who's going to replace you, that they can live up to that expectation as well. And therefore, if, if Shmuel is now giving Shaul, so to speak, that position, so now the, the, the biggest Muslim you can give to Shaul is part of this example, which would for sure be a lesson that that uh, would be something that Shaul, would, as, as the incumbent leader, would try to emulate the same idea. There's a second point here also, this is what Rashi says in the Torah. And that is, being a Shmuel wants to give the Muslim, like we said before. So before that, Shmuel wants to make sure that no, one's, no one can have any counter-arguments against him. And no one's going to say, yeah, you can tell us, well, we did wrong, we'll tell you did wrong as well. And the reason for that is, again, this is something that Shmuel was coming from a period in Klai Yisrael where this was the case. We're about to read this week, Megillus Rus. And Megillus Rus starts by, Which literally means at the time when the judges judged, but Chazal said at the beginning of Rus Rabba, not that the Shvaita Shaftim, but that people judge the judges. Why? Because the judge would say to them, no, you've done this wrong. So the person would turn around and say, you've done that wrong. And don't tell us what to do and what not to do. Oh, we'll, tell, we'll tell you what to do and what not to do. You're not more perfect than we are. Who writes Rus? Shmuel. Shmuel was the author of Rus. And therefore he knew that that was the time that Kain Yisrael had on the Shaftim before him. He knew the time that Kain Yisrael had on the Shaftim before him was that they, they, didn't, they, had, they, they found fault with the Shaftim as well. And therefore, as much as the shepherd was trying to give Musa and trying to tell them what they had done wrong, they would just turn around and tell the shepherd, well, you, you know, tell yeah. you know better than we are. And therefore, if Shmuel wants to give Musa, which he leaves for the end of his career, he first wants to make sure that there's no shepherd to Nobody has any claim behind against him. No one can turn around and say to Shmuel, well, we have fainers on you too. And therefore, once they've admitted and they've testified to the fact that Shmuel has been completely, completely perfect in the Nisanhagot Tzibur, that enables Shmuel now to be able to give the Muslim, which is going to do. That's the second point. The last point, and that is that we, there was, there's another connection which we said at the beginning of the Sefer of Shmuel, and that is, we have, to, we have to examine this a little bit more too. The Apostle already juxtaposes Moshe and Aaron's leadership to the leadership of Shmuel. Of course, as we know, Moshe and Aaron were greater. There's no question of that. Moshe was the leader of the Torah. Nothing rivals that. But nevertheless, there's a certain uh, there's a certain way that the pasuk just compares Moshe and Aaron on the one side to Shmuel on the other side, and in a certain way, the shakul, which means as leaders in their door, Shmuel was the equivalent in his door of Moshe in his door. And if that's the case. You see, Moshe said this too when it came to the rebellion of Perach. When it came to the rebellion of Karah, so, which was rebellion against Moshe's leadership, so Moshe tells Hashem the same thing. That's Moshe talking. talking. And Moshe says, Hashem, I never did anything wrong. I never took any benefit from them. I never harmed anybody. Mm-hmm. I never got an unfair advantage from everybody. And why was Moshe saying? He wasn't saying it to Karah Yisrael. He was saying it to Hashem. And the reason was, is because, and this is what you said, and that is, there's a better question. Because that's another question. Uh, let, let's start from the other extreme and, and throw out the question because it's something which can disturb one. The Gemara says, Kol Mishiyesh for Yerushima and Dvarab Nishma. Saif Tava Hakal Nishma, Salakim Yira. Everyone hears, someone fears Hashem. And therefore the Gemara says, the person is Yerushima, Dvarab Nishma, who he's listened to. And therefore you can even say the sign of how much a person has really has Yerushima is how much people listen to him. Why it's like that? Why the, a person's zero shemayim makes other people listen to it? We can discuss another time. There's a lot to talk about in, in, in the levels of Europe. Why, why that's the, the, the matthias of how it works. 
That's not the point right now. But the Matthias is if a person is Yerushalayim, he should be listened to. That's what the Gemara says. And if that's the case, think for example. In the case, that's the Ba'adah's Korach. When Korach raises a, raises a, a whole army of people who publicly say, we're not going to listen to Moshe. We're not going to listen to Moshe. Moshe is usurped power. We're not going to listen to Moshe. And we're going to blatantly disobey what he says. And Moshe told them to come. We're not going to listen to Moshe. No, no, no. We're not going to listen to him. So now it's a question. But Moshe is here as Shemayim. So why aren't Varad Nishman? If someone is here as Shemayim, the Gemara says he's meant to be listened to. People <coughs> listen to the person here as Shemayim. So why wasn't Moshe listened to? Moshe has here as Shemayim. And that's part of Moshe's time to Hashem. And he says to Hashem that the reason that they didn't listen to me isn't a fault on my part. I didn't take anything from them. I didn't harm anybody. I, I did nothing wrong. I did nothing wrong. And therefore, you can't blame Moshe from the fact that people stood up against him. You can't blame Moshe from the fact that people rebelled against him. It was not a failing on Moshe's part. How, so how could that happen? We have to answer that question. But what Moshe was telling Hashem is, I'm blameless. It's not that there was some lack in me why people don't accept my leadership. Because if there's a leader who doesn't have Yerushalayim, then people won't listen to him. That natural uh, respect for somebody is only if he's a Yerushalayim. And if he's not, people sense a duplicity or they sense an insincerity or they sense a double standard by the leader, they're not going to accept him. They're not going to accept him. It's not going to be very Yerushalayim. People don't see that. But when a person is genuine, he's sincere. When a person really has Yerushalayim, people will listen. And therefore Moshe is saying, if people don't listen to me, it's you know Hashem, and it wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of me. I did nothing wrong. Moshe doesn't say the Kaishav, he says it to Hashem. And Shmuel in a way could have felt the same way. Because the Atzim, like we said, Shmuel was very hurt because it was an unheard of thing that you have a Shafet who's, so to speak, who's still in the position of a Shafet, and Kaishav will come and say, We want somebody else. We don't want you, we want somebody else. So Shmuel said the same point. Shmuel's here in Shemai. And if that's the case, so why, won't Kaish, why, why didn't Kaishav want to accept him? Why are they looking to find somebody else to leave? So, that's, that's the other point that Shmuel wants to clarify with He says, no one found anything wrong with me. It's, it wasn't a lack of Yerushalayim on my part, or a lack of people's ex, like expectations which were unfulfilled on my part, that they looked for a different leader. On the contrary, the people themselves admitted that Shmuel was completely, com, a complete sadic in their eyes. Okay, so that's a, a number of different explanations. Uh, why Shmuel? prefaced his speech of going to see tomorrow with this uh, bring Kleishal all to accept and to admit and to agree that uh, then I think that Shmuel's leadership would be completely perfect. The question we still have to ask then that uh, we'll talk about tomorrow when we talk about the Muslim Shmuel gives Kleishal is if that's the case, so why attack it does that happen? If the rule is if a person has your Shmuel so how could there be a so to speak a rebellion of sorts or a, an awakening of the people against him? Uh, and to ask for the police. We'll talk about tomorrow.